This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 645, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 16th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 645. It's our Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, January the 16th. Uh, this episode's going to be a pretty quick one. I'm only talking about three books this week. Uh, and we're getting the podcast slowly back on track. Every time this happens, I go right off track once again. Uh, some of the releases that came out this week that I won't be chatting about today include Amazing Spider-Man as Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, Black Widow, Catwoman, Conan the Barbarian, Detective Comics, Electric Warriors, Fantastic Four, Hawkman, Invaders, Ironheart, Justice League Dark, Marvel Comics Presents, Red Hood Outlaw, Return of Wolverine, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Star Wars, Age of the Republic Special, uh, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, The Batman Who Laughs, uh, The Flash, Titans, Venom, and Wonder Woman. Um, so the books that I will be chatting about, uh, there's only a few of them. Um, so the first one is Jessica Jones, Purple Daughter, number one, um, which is actually, I guess, two issues of the uh, digital uh, release. Um, this I really, really liked. Um, this was great. Um, this is is by Kelly Thompson and artwork by Mattia de Ulus. And um, now... Um, we have uh, Purple Man is theoretically dead, and now suddenly Jessica Jones' daughter, Danielle, is purple, and she's just absolutely not handling it well and freaking out. Uh, and so is Luke, and uh, there's just a, I mean, there's a lot of introspection, introspection here. A lot of this is, again, very character-oriented, um, but it's, it's exquisite. First of all, the artwork is gorgeous. It's just beautiful stuff. Um, the writing by Kelly Thompson is just off the chain. It is she really gets this character uh, again, just a great symbiosis of the art and the and the storytelling. Uh, so this this was just uh, such a pleasure to read. Um, really exciting to see what kind of comes next. Uh, I love the purple children. There's just something so inherently creepy about them. Um, there's just so much good here. Um, on the one hand, like you don't want every Jessica Jones story to have to be you know, dealing with Purple Man. That being said, this is such a thrilling new adventure. Um, I'm I'm really excited about it. Again, I, I just thought it was such a fantastic read all the way through. Um, again, it has it's creepy, but it also makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's some good action here. I love everything that's going on with Jessica and how she interacts with different characters. And there's a, a Purple Man support group. Um, there's just so much here that is so interesting to see. And you also have, you know, Purple Man's Daughter. Anyways, this is so good. I'm going to give this a very qualified 9 out of 10. Um, this was just such a... Every every page was just great. I mean, the artwork was just so good. And again, it's all about character and introspection. And there's just a lot of really cool ideas here. So I get a very well-deserved 9. Uh, next up, we have Superman number 7 um, by Brian Michael Bendis and... I'm, I'm having tr- trouble coming to grips with this, but um, it is what it is so far. Uh, so we've got Ivan Rice doing uh, pages 1 to 6, and Brandon Peterson doing pages 8 to 22, and then Jason Fabok doing page 7. Um, so that, that's, you know, uh, more creators than maybe that you would like to have on this book. Um, that being said, it, it is pretty entertaining. Um, I, I don't... I don't like the idea of John having like you know only been back away for like a few weeks at a time, but really it's been you know years, and now he's older. There was just something really charming and special about the relationship between Clark and his son, um, the way that he was, and 
I mean, I just, I don't know if I feel the need to have had Bendis kind of rob us of that relationship to replace it with one where, you know, um, John's been gone a long time in his perspective, even though for Clark, nothing's changed. And it just, I just feel like I've, I've seen it before other places and I didn't need it here. Cause I, I love Superman as a dad and I like Superman as a dad of a young child. I mean, like, I guess Superboy was basically what, 10, but I mean, that's still pretty young. And then suddenly making him like a teenager, uh, it's a different fit. It's a different vibe. Um, that I'm, I'm sad. I mean, I'm, maybe Bendis is going to revert, you know, John back to normal, or maybe it's not even John, or who knows? It could be many things, right? Um, in theory, maybe you know this will all be fixed, and then I'll be, won't be, I'll be complaining about nothing, um, and we'll still have that relationship. But as of right now, we don't. Um, the art, I'm not a huge fan of the Peterson's work here. Um, there's just some of the details, uh, even like the, the costume that Lois is wearing. Like it's weird. It's a kind of lacking form definition. It just it's almost like he lacks giving um, Lois a really defined shape. And, I don't know, it just leads up, there's just a lot of questions here. Um, not necessarily great ones. I want, um, I'm, I'm glad that they're not spending a lot of time to not talk about where John went. Um, that was a hesitation I had when I read Man of Steel. And then we quickly got Lois back, and now we already have John. So that was obviously an unfounded worry, which does ma- maybe make me feel differently about that that particular miniseries. Uh, now that we know what came of it, what didn't come of it, and how long certain elements lasted, um, I'm, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a six. Um, I. I, I just I struggle with the idea that you had a, such a weird warped version of Jor-El and then Bendis comes on and kind of starts to rewrite the character in a different way and then immediately you have John saying like we have to stop Grandpa he's crazy um, well yeah he's freaking crazy already and then Bendis kind of made you, Superman believe him and send his son with him like it's one of those things where I just kind of went with it because I had to because it's comics and things are you know sometimes don't make sense uh, but I'm going to give this a six um Nowhere near the heights of our last issue. And then we have Uncanny X-Men number 10, which ends the, you know, the, the kind of the weekly experiment that was X-Men Disassembled. And I'm, I'm just not a huge fan. Um, I, it has such a great creative team. It should be better. I should like it more. Um, there's a lot of talking in this issue, but again, it just feels like some of the more same talking points we've gotten for a while, and then it kind of all comes to a head, and the X-Men does something pretty crazy, and then we'll see where what, what it actually means. Um, but as of right now, you know, it appears to everyone in the world that the X Men are dead, and that you know the world rejoices basically, which is weird because they didn't say mutants died; they just said the X Men died. And then everyone's like, "Yay!" And then they have like this, you know, this vaccine to you know stop mutancy and stop you know additional people. It just felt really weird. And the Marvel universe has gone through so much with mutants. You know, there was 198 of them and then there was, you know, proliferation again. And like, it just kind of goes back and forth. And then they were dying of, you know, the Terrigen cloud. Like, I just feel like it's gone so many different places. And then to have the X-Men kind of die here is one thing, but then to, you know, kind of hand wave, say, Oh, you know, the world celebrates that they're all dead, but you know, Cyclops is alive. So, you know, something will happen. Just it just feels weird, um, and again, it's such a great creative team. But why didn't we get a better resolution? And I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see what Rosenberg will be able to do on his own in this book. But I was not super impressed by how, how the landing was stuck or lack or the fact that the landing failed to stick the landing. 
That's as many times as I could say landing in a sentence as possible. So I, I just found myself disappointed. So I think I'm going to give it a six. And, you know, they are was enjoyable. Um, better than some parts of the last few issues. It's by Pepper River Raz. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think it just failed to really resonate with me. And uh, I, I wanted more from this. I, no, I should take that back. I wanted to like this more. And I just didn't really enjoy it. It was just didn't feel like it was for me. Um, I don't know what it was. It was just, I just felt bored. And I just feel like after, you know, 10 issues, I shouldn't be bored. And yeah, it just felt like there was like a lot of repetition. And, and maybe that's just the wrong perception. But that is how I felt kind of coming out of it. So that is everything for this week. Uh, looking forward to next week, releases from the week of January 23rd. Um, some of the highlights coming out include... Uh, from Dark Horse, Aliens Resistance, number one. Uh, from DC Comics, uh, Absolute Flashpoint, hardcover, uh, new issues of Aquaman, Batman, uh, Damage, there's the Dark Knight's Metal Trade Paperback, new issue of, Ju- of Justice League, there's the Lobo by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, Trade Paperback, volume two. Um, we've got Pearl, number six, we've got the Nightwing, uh, Rebirth Deluxe co- Collection, hardcover, book three. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Uh, we also got Sam and Trade Paperback Volume Four, Seasons Season of Mist, Thirtieth Anniversary Edition. New issues of Shazam, Sideways, Teen Titans, Wildstorm. Uh, over at IDW, uh, we've got new issue of Ducktales. We've got Mickey Mouse Fire Eye of Atlantis. Um, we got Rise of the TMNT Number Four, uh, Spider King Frostbite One Shot. Uh, we have uh, Star Trek TNG Terra Incognita Number Six, um, and then we have the TMNT Ongoing Number Ninety. Over at Image, we have East of sorry, we have Hardcore Number Two, Exorcisters Number Five, sorry Four. Um, let's see, Outcast by Kerman, sorry Kirkman and Azacita Number Thirty Eight. And over at Marvel, we have new issues of Avengers. Uh, there's the Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider trade paperback volume five, Black Panther trade paperback book six, which is um, the Interreg Empire Wakanda. Sorry, Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. We got Daredevil, Back in Black, Trade Paperback, Volume 8, Death of Daredevil, which was not the greatest. Uh, Extermination, Trade Paperback, which was a very, you know, enjoyable conclusion to the the, the giant uh, 05 story that uh, started years ago by Michael Bendis. We got Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number two, new issue of Immortal Hulk, uh, the fourth issue of Man Without Fear, We've got the Marvel 2-in-1 trade paperback, Volume 2, Next of Kin. We have the New Mutants by Abnett and Lanning trade paperback. Uh, this is the complete collection, Volume 1. We have Star Wars number 60, Superior Spider-Man number 2. Um, we got two new True Believer issues. we got the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl hardcover, Volume 4. we got Uncanny X-Men Annual number 1, and War is Hell number 1 as well. And uh, there's obviously a lot of other things that don't fall under the kind of the, the larger publishers. But um, some interesting stuff that is for sure. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. And uh, if you want to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>